Welcome to the ENA Podcast with your host, Dan Campana. This is the ENA Podcast, and this is Dan Campana, the Director of Communications with the Emergency Nurses Association, welcoming you to our latest episode. And before I go too far, I do want to offer a thanks to ENA's Ken Laredo for uh, the new intro uh, to the episode, and uh, he also did a little outro for us that you'll hear at the very end. So uh, shout out to Ken for doing that. But really want to jump right into today's uh, topic and talking about trauma-informed care and you know what that means in the ED for patient care, but also uh, how it relates to nurses. And to help do that, uh, let me welcome in Natalie Kalo. She's a forensic nurse at Indiana University Health Methodist Hospital in Indianapolis, and uh, she's featured in an upcoming story uh, in the ENA Connection magazine uh, around trauma-informed care. Uh, she's going to walk us through a few things here today. So Natalie, welcome to the ENA podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Natalie, let me start uh, with a phrase I've heard recently around, basically, it's trauma is universal. And um, you know, I, I, as a layperson, someone who's not an ED nurse, uh, you know, I hear that and I go, okay, I could see how that makes sense. But right off the bat, when you hear that phrase, how does that resonate with you, particularly when it comes to the concept of trauma-informed care? Um, I just think that trauma is universal because everyone experiences some level of trauma in their life, um, whether it's a divorce, a uh, death in the family, you know, any abuse, domestic abuse, um, and it could be vicarious trauma, working with what we do every day in the ED, trauma patients, you know. Um, so that's why I think it's really universal, and that's why the trauma-informed approach um, will really help with not only the patients, but nurses in general. Well, how do you define trauma-informed care? What, what, what's a simple way to kind of wrap that all together? It's just an approach to um, healthcare. Uh, instead of focusing on when a patient arrives, hey, what happened to you? Um, it's what happened to you, but how does that affect your health? How is um, the choices that I make today with the healthcare system, you know, giving them choices, giving them, um, you know, trust, um, just being truthful to patients and empathetic to them um, affect their health too, because you don't want to re-traumatize the patient. And you mentioned right off the top, there's a number of different ways that trauma impacts all of us. Certainly somebody coming into the ED uh, in, an, in an acute or an urgent need of, of some sort of care, uh, emergent care, they're dealing with some trauma in the moment. And then, as yeah. you mentioned, there's all these external or, or other things that they've gone through. Uh, to my mind, does that mean that trauma-informed care really starts from that moment of triage and it, it persists all the way through the time that somebody's in the ED? Or does it kind of ebb and flow? What, what's, what's the perspective that you have on, you know, when does really, when is it most important and how important is it to maintain throughout someone's stay in the ED? Well, it surely should happen in triage um, or even in EMS world, to be truthful, because okay. you want to set the um, stage for the visit, kind of, you know, you don't want to jump right off and say, this is what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. You know, you want to give the patients choices. You want to, the, some of these patients, um, especially in domestic violence situations or trafficking, sex or human trafficking, um, they're not given choices. They're being told what to do. Um, when to do it. And it's important to kind of set that tone right off in the bat and triage and say, you know, how can I help you? What's, you know, bothering you today? 
Um, and it might not just be an injury. Like if you see a black eye or something, say, oh, you know, it's just a black eye, but know that your emotional well-being too. How do you approach that? I mean, is it as simple as just some basic questions to kind of feel out the situation? Or is there a balancing act there with having to really get to some of the, the clinical questions that you also need answered to start to really make sure you're on the right course for treatment and care? It is kind of a balancing act. You got to kind of build a rapport with a patient, sure. um, kind of empathize with them, uh, see what what's going on and what they would like to happen for the visit, what matters most really to them for the visit. Um, so it is kind of a little balancing act to try to get a good rapport with the patient first. Yeah. And you coming from the forensic side of things, you've got a, a, a lot of that as part of your world to begin with because of the nature and the sensitivity that comes from uh, patients that are uh, potentially sex assault victims or going through some other type of uh, intimate partner violence and things of that nature. Um, are there some universal ways that you can approach those conversations that maybe are really common for, for a forensic, forensic nurse, but can be applicable to any nurse in any situation or anybody on the care team in the ED? Yeah, some ways, well, and I was just thinking um, of our patients that come in, and I don't know how many ER nurses have experienced this, and I've experienced it multiple times, honestly, they'll come in um, due to maybe a trauma, maybe not even a trauma, to be truthful, like chest pain, and they come in and we put them in a room maybe that a loved one has died in um, before, and it kind of re-traumatized the patient because the last time I was in this room, I remember this room because my mother died in this room. Sure. I've had that happened uh, a lot of times. So even that, um, moving them maybe out of that room so it's not re-traumatizing for them um, into a different room, something like that. Um, make sure the patient doesn't have to continually repeat the story um, over and over. So try to get everyone on the same page. Um, don't put labels to people. Like I know some nurses, you know, well, they're an addict. They're, you know, just a psych patient. Um, people can overhear that sometimes. So sure. don't do that. <laughs> you know, little things like that. Um, I, I kind of am just truthful with a patient, tell them what I can and can't do. Because sometimes there's stuff you just got to set boundaries and say, I can't do yeah. um, with a patient and um, see what they would like out of their visit. You bring up a good point in terms of setting some boundaries or, or recognizing what you can and can't do. Yeah. Uh, are there some obstacles in trauma-informed care because of that, where you can't promise the world to a patient, but you also you know, you still have a lot of things that you need to accomplish, you know, every interaction, because it's not just one patient at a time, you're juggling multiple patients. Yeah. What are the, what are those typical obstacles to, to really good trauma informed care and, and the right types of interactions that you can have to make patients comfortable going through a really challenging process? Yeah. In my world in the ER, I guess you um, can't do everything you're juggling everything. So I just tell it, yes, I acknowledge that right now, but for the visit, this is what I'm more worried about. Or if it's like an item they need, I'll say, I will get that as soon as I can, but I have, you know, this other thing. Um, and then also um, in the forensic world, we are, well, all ERs mandatory reporting. So sometimes I have to be truthful with the patient and just say, you know, in the state of Indiana, I have to report this to our CPS 
or DCS, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just being truthful with the patient in the moment and saying, you have to do this. And then how does that make you feel though, too, on the other end? Sure. You don't know what you're going to necessarily hear back from a patient. So you're not there to necessarily be a psychologist, but you're there to respond to what you hear and shape what your next steps might be. So the misconce- are there some misconceptions around what trauma-informed care's ultimate goal is, that you're not there to be their counselor, you're there to learn and, and give them the best environment possible. So you know, what, what are those challenges that you run into that you want to find that balance, but you also don't want to neglect some important things that you may hear or, or experience in those conversations? Yeah, I think uh, just acknowledging the fact that they're feeling that way or have those thoughts or... Um, anything, but give them referrals. I mean, even though you can't do something in the moment, maybe um, like you have a suicidal patient or even a homicidal patient we get sometimes, um, you just want to, you know, get their thoughts, let them vent. Cause sometimes they just want to vent to somebody, not actually a counseling session. They just want to vent and then um, give them resources for follow-up. But obviously get your other you collaborate with other partners as part of the informed care um, with maybe your psych department on getting this patient the resources they may need in the moment too. The question I hear come up very often is that, well, is this taught somewhere? Is this a, a, a staple of nursing school or, or orientations or onboarding? Um, what I've heard is that it's not necessarily consistent around, you know, everywhere. Uh, is that your experience that yes. it's, it's <laughs> And I would take as a proponent of this, you would love to see it more frequently. What, what do you think is creating some of those barriers to this being more consistent or, or, or holistically seen as an important part of the care delivery process? I think this really needs to start in nursing school, to be truthful. Um, I have around Indiana contacted some to see if they're teaching this and they are not. Um, so it really should start in nursing school. And I think some barriers, you know, there's a lot to learn in nursing school, like sure. everyone knows. So <laughs> um, <laughs> this is just one more thing. Um, so that is one barrier. It really should start in um, schooling. Uh, and then organizations can start um, their model on trauma-informed care. It starts with, you know, the top-down approach, your policies and procedures at your organization need to really reflect trauma-informed care, even your hiring approach, um, the way you, um, you know, manage your department with your employees for managers. It really needs to be a trauma-informed approach. And I imagine there's a little bit of learned behavior too. So if you don't have a formality around trauma-informed care, if you, you know, as Natalie are yeah. demonstrating those types of behaviors and, and taking that approach, there's probably a little bit of that gets picked up on by your peers as well. Yes. Um, I mean, it's more than just going out and teaching it to people. You really got to integrate it into your environment um, every day. So if you are, you know, applying the trauma-informed care and they see me as a forensic nurse come in then maybe that'll kind of rub off on them too to, sure. oh, this is a good approach to use, you know, with my patients. Because patients are more likely to follow up and do their follow-up care if you use trauma-informed care. The flip uh, side of all this is also around for nurses themselves. Nurses are, you know, uh, especially in the ED and, and obviously the, the entire ED care team, uh, mercy care team, are exposed to traumas repeatedly, you know, across shifts, across a week, across, you know, a, a span of a career. Yeah. 
what what is the beneficial side of this approach you know to acknowledging that there are things that do impact how you see the world and how you interact with people based off of what you've experienced. So how does this sort of all apply back to a nurse themselves, you know, an actual nurse themselves? Well, um, nurses, I mean, we experience secondary, secondary traumatic stress syndrome because we see trauma every day in our lives, especially ED nurses. And then we get that vicarious trauma. Your organization uses is the trauma-informed care approach in their, like I said before, policies, procedures, and the way they operate with their staff, then it can ease burnout, stress, compassion, fatigue. Um, it can help with all of that. Just making sure the environment, because trauma-informed care is really about safety and collaboration. So make sure you have a safe environment, which is huge right now with workplace violence. So making sure your ER has a safe environment, um, you're collaborating with other partners. Um, if, do you have a counseling maybe center for your employees? Do you debrief? I mean, there's lots of things you can do with trauma-informed care to help your employees with all the trauma they see. I'll, I'll ask you this uh, directly for your own experiences in your career. How has this helped you or, or changed some of the ways that you've gone about doing things through the span of your career? Um, <laughs> it has been a learning curve. Um, earlier in my career, I say I didn't know much about trauma-informed care, to be real truthful, and sure. I think I did struggle with burnout. Um, there was a period I left the ER for a couple of years because of burnout and fatigue, compassion fatigue. Um, I think when I started back into forensic nursing and then learned about trauma-informed care, it really, um, learning it, it gave me a different like aha moment to kind of, uh, you know, de-stress, you got to get those um, de-stress areas. Like if it's go and do yoga, go do exercise, go do, you know, that's part of trauma-informed care is self-care. So get that stuff, you know, self-care done. And then um, your burnout and fatigue and compassion fatigue will, um, you know, kind of go away. I got to say, I appreciate you being honest. It, it, what you said earlier about it, this isn't something necessarily taught in nursing schools. It's not a part of every hospital's uh, game plan for a new nurse. Uh, it sounds yeah. like you were a part of that. You experienced that where you didn't know about it, wasn't really presented to you in a certain way. So you went through those early career phases that uh, you struggled with it. But this has been a turn. You know, I, I don't want to be overly dramatic, but yeah. it sounds like there was a little bit of a turning point where you realized there were some other ways to look at this and how you worked with your patients, but also how you looked at yourself. And I think I feel like if you work with your patients in a trauma informed manner, the patients don't get upset and you know, sometimes they yell back at you because of the situation and you understand they're in a traumatic event in their lives. We see the patients at the worst period of their lifetime sometimes. Um, and just how you approach that and it calms them. So it makes it easier on your life as an ED nurse sure. when you use this approach, trust me. Absolutely. Well, that, that's a good segue here as we're wrapping up. Uh, you know, What are a couple just quick takeaways that you want a nurse that maybe hasn't really been exposed to trauma-informed care or maybe has wondered about it, has heard about it, but doesn't really know what it is? What are, what are some takeaways that you would want to just throw out there or places for people to learn more about uh, what trauma-informed care is all about? Well, okay, the... Um, where you can go to learn more about it is the Center for Health Strategies. Um, they have a good trauma-informed care resource center. 
um, the Academy of Forensic Nursing. We are um, having a good journal article coming out um, and they have some good resources on trauma-informed care. Um, so those are some places you can go. Um, if I was a newer nurse, unfortunately, many places don't teach this to newer nurses. Um, go seek those resources, you know, uh, read the articles about trauma-informed care and try to use it in your approach. And I do believe ENA at the um, conference this year might have a little session on trauma-informed care that you can go um, see with, to learn more. It definitely fits into the, the bigger spectrum of ENA and its approach toward healthy work environment. There are so many components yes. that fall under that umbrella and certainly a better environment you know, leads to better patient care. It leads to safer and better you know, nurses who are feeling better about what they're experiencing. And this is just one of those tools in the, in the, uh, in the tool belt, so to speak, in ways to, uh, as you put it earlier, uh, kind of paraphrasing, you know, how does it help make your life a little bit easier if you're able to navigate these relationships that you have in these tense moments uh, by thinking differently about what the patient may be experiencing, but also reflecting uh, on yourself as well. And I, I think those are some great takeaways and I appreciate you sharing some of those other resources uh, today. Uh, Natalie Kalo, I appreciate you being a part of the podcast today and, and helping us learn a little bit more about trauma-informed care. Yeah, thank you very much. That'll do it for this episode of the ENA podcast. And uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, Natalie is featured in a story coming up in the March issue of ENA Connection, which is all about trauma-informed care, uh, really looking at how crucial it is to effective healing and really how the connections made through trauma-informed care uh, really have uh, implications both for a patient and for nurses. So I hope you will uh, check out that uh, edition of ENA Connection magazine in March, either digitally or uh, in print uh, when it's sent to uh, to wherever you get your ENA Connection sent. With all that, uh, this is Dan Campana thanking you for joining us for this episode and hoping you will join us the next time on the ENA podcast. To learn more about ENA or to become a member, visit ena.org backslash membership.